Hello and welcome to Remote Jobs Live by Games Jobs Live, the event that connect brilliant studios with fantastic talent. If this is your first Games Jobs Live event, I'm Colin McDonald. I've been in the games industry for about 30 years now, worked across all manner of um, games and studios and platforms that many you'll have heard of, many you won't. Um, and today I'm really pleased to bring you five fantastic companies that all have remote jobs that they need filled. So I'm hoping you can help them out here. Although our last jobs report showed that there are over 2,000 jobs currently going in the UK games industry, only about 100 were fully remote, with most companies wanting a return to the office in, in some form, maybe not full time. Some of today's companies have offices that they will have some staff returning to, but others are completely virtual. So I, for one, am really looking forward to finding out how all the different companies today are, are making it work. As ever, each company only has a couple of minutes to present themselves, but we'll keep them on for a couple of minutes afterwards for some Q&A. So put any suggestions for me to ask them in the live stream questions channel on the Discord. <clears throat> but the beauty of these events is that you can ask questions directly as well. And for that, you want to be in the Discord. So let me just bring up that address. If you're not already on there, the URL that you can punch into a browser is scrolling along the bottom. It's discord.gamesjobs.live. That's discord.gamesjobs.live. Punch that into a browser and it will redirect you to the right um, Discord server. Get in there and what you'll see is that each company has a dedicated channel for you to follow up with them. They're all there now and they'll be answering your questions for the next two hours. Um, the live stream portion will last about an hour and a half, and they'll still be on for about another half an hour after that, so you can ask any other questions without the distraction of the live stream. Um, I'm worried about missing missing anything out. The folks from the game studios in the Discord have a green company role, um, which means they stand out so you know who's who's legit from a company. And it also means they can delete or ban any idiots. So alert them or a moderator if you see any nonsense going on. Um, and thank you to Elspeth, who um, is usually on hand to help out on that in particular. She's been great and helping promote it on the Discord, etc. Don't give anyone any personal details on the Discord. However, regardless where they say they're from, if you like what a company has to say, just apply to them directly. There'll be an email go out after the live stream with direct links to all the company's careers pages. For everyone watching this live, you'll get the most out of this because you can chat directly to the companies who have kindly taken time out of their afternoon to, to chat to us. But I know not everyone can make this time and lots of people will be watching on catch up. So um, feel free to rewatch bits of it and you can forward the same YouTube link to anyone else that you think will get something out of it. We've also got various resources up on the Games Jobs Live website um, to help you there as well. We've got an interactive jobs map with uh, all those 2000 vacancies across the UK mapped out so you can zoom around and, and explore and filter them. We've got reports, we've got um, analysis of, of each of the, the the, in this, the sectors 
the regions across the, the the UK a little bit about each region, what's going on, the history, etc. So have a browse around the website. You'll also find details about other events coming up. Our next one is in two weeks on Wednesday, 11th of August, which is an Unreal Jobs focused event. So if you fancy coming along to that as well, feel free to sign up. The link to that is on our website, which is www.gamesjobs.live. Um, you'll also find a report which uh, we produce every month that breaks down those 2,000 jobs in the UK, tells you how many are code, are how many are in different parts of the country, how many are junior, senior, all that kind of thing. It's all it's all interesting reading. So feel free to uh, find that, subscribe to that, and we can keep you updated on that every month. Um, and this wouldn't be a YouTube channel if I didn't ask you to like and subscribe, obviously. So please do that if you enjoy this. Um, and I would just like to thank the, the, the companies that we've got taking part today. Outplay Entertainment, Hypixel, Glitchers, Rivet Games and Puny Astronaut. Brilliant selection of companies, really interesting set of working practices because everything's everything's obviously turned on its head in the last 18 months, although some of these companies were working remotely before that, which I'm hoping we're going to find out more about shortly. Um, so unless I've missed something, I feel like I'm running ahead of schedule, but I'm inclined just to let's let's get on and let's start chatting to the companies. Let me just check if our first company is ready. Kyle from Hypixel. I know we're early, but are you ready to go? I think he is. So um, uh, I've revealed who they are, but um, <laughs> the first company today is one of those fantastic success stories that I personally could never have predicted. Um, it started eight years ago as a Minecraft server, and it's still the largest one today. And they're developers of Hytale, the eagerly anticipated sandbox game whose announcement trailer has been viewed over 58 million times, I believe. So great pleasure for me to bring in slightly early, um, but he's prepared, Kyle from Hypixel. How are you doing, Colin? How's it going? <laughs> Thank you for joining us and being ready. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had a schedule. I think it popped in even a bit earlier than you told me to, so... Fantastic. Great. Oh, well, it means we've got a little bit more time for Q&A. So I'll leave everyone in your capable hands and I'll come back to you in five minutes. Brilliant. Just let me get my slides up here. So, uh, yeah, I'm Kyle from the recruitment team at Hypixel Studios here. Uh, so as Colin mentioned, we uh, grew from the team that built the Minecraft server. So the initial start of the studio i suppose would have been from a youtube channel to people working on minecraft maps and redstone experiments that kind of thing they started building minecraft servers mostly around adventure mode maps that kind of then grew out to be in a mini game server network which is super popular i know when we did the previous one of these with colin and shortly after i had joined i think the concurrent player count on the minecraft servers was about 70 80 thousand over COVID, obviously, with everybody um, being at home, that I think peaked up around 130,000 now. So it's just, it's mind boggling kind of numbers, you know, to have on one server at the one time. So the Hypixel Studios Limited, which is who we are, was founded in 2018 um, to build our own game, our own sandbox, essentially, to play in. Uh, we've grown now to a team of over 
75 developers. Um, and we're leveraging the fact that we've come from this modern background, um, coupled with having some real industry vets in the team to try and get high tail over the line. So uh, as I said, we have all that experience from running the Minecraft servers and it attracted a lot of attention when we dropped the trailer originally in 2018. Um, and one of those interested parties was Riot, who acquired us last year. They've aided in opening our headquarters here in Northern Ireland, but our entire team is remote. We're a remote first company. We've always been remote. So our operations and QA departments are located in our offices here in Derry. All the rest of the team is spread worldwide. We've actually got a page on the website now uh, showing the team and where they're from. Uh, it's really globally diverse. So as I mentioned there about our own sandbox, so we thought, you know, why build uh, sandcastles in someone else's sandpit when you can make your own? Uh, that led us onto the development of Hightail. Uh, we're building our own engine from the ground up. And the game itself, is kind of split into three, I suppose, main components. There's the minigame side, which is what we were so popular for on Minecraft. There's the adventure mode side, which is that story-driven, narrative-driven, whether that's a single player or you know a group experience. And then the third part of it would be our user-generated content, how we want to empower the creators to kind of build their own worlds. Uh, personally, for me, something that would be really rewarding to see after we launch is, you know, the next Hypixel minigames network springing up within Hytail, but the fact that we've made Hytail removing the need for another Hytail. So as Colin mentioned as well, our trailer now is at about 58 or 59 million views. Uh, you can see that on YouTube or on the website for the game, which is Hytail.com. Uh, so the, the entire package comes down to then, we're trying to make an evolution of the block game genre, uh, meeting the world's most empowered gaming community. So because we're all, you know, a lot of us sprung from that modern kind of side, we want to really give back to that and use the experience we gained come through and making mods to facilitate the kind of next generation of creators to have an easy path to make the kind of experiences they want to make. So actually working here, which is the important thing if you're interested in applying with us, uh, we've got some really good, you know, testimonials from people who work on the team. On our jobs page, hightail.com forward slash jobs, you'll see Budacat on there. He's been kind enough to help us out in the Discord. So if you do have questions, he'd be there alongside myself and our other recruiter, Holly, answering anything uh, you want to know. Within reason, uh, we can't give you beta access or anything like that. So the most important thing to us, especially with being a remote team, is trying to maintain that culture. And as we kind of grow from this small mod team up to a you know, a full-size studio. As we get bigger, it's really important that we maintain who we are. We have a page on our website that lays out our values really transparently. I can honestly say this is one of the only places where I've worked that uh, it doesn't just feel aspirational. You know, obviously every company wants to have things to aspire to and that comes across in, you know, their, their culture statement or their studio values. We are very, very transparent on it. We want to, like, create that environment where... People want to work here. You know, that's a big part of it for us. Um, and we want to attract the kind of people who are aligned in with that kind of value and what we want to do with the block game genre. So we have a lot of people in the team who could pretty much choose whatever 
studio they want to work at um but they choose to be here and it's a two-way street for us you know we want them to we want to be able to reward that um and as i say the responsibility goes both ways so you know anyone who chooses to work here chooses to work here and we want to be able to earn that choice um so definitely check out if you are interested in the studio and you know i'm a big believer in working somewhere you actually want to work uh take the time to take a look through that page and see if we might be a good fit so what we offer on top of that um you know as i've said there the team's super motivated super passionate about you know not only the block game genre but games in general and very very player focused you know we all want to design some experience that sticks in someone's head and i think if you play any kind of games everyone has that one moment where they're like they get it and you know a lot of people don't consider themselves gamers but a lot of people have had outstanding experiences with games so the project we're working on is really ambitious as well which attracts a lot of people um and we're a very knowledge sharing focused studio um we like to help each other level up it's a big part of like when we're hiring and stuff we look for people who you know want to learn or want to pass on their knowledge um and you know if you've got experience in kind of that knowledge sharing or you know maybe something you do in your spare time is to help others kind of learn that's a big kind of bonus trait for someone coming to work in the studio. We also like to have a stable and secure work environment. Um, we don't work on like temporary contracts or anything. Uh, you're a permanent employee when you come to work for us uh, and the ability to work remotely. Now, given this, uh, this little session is all about remote work. Um, I'm sure everybody watching is interested in that. I think it's really interesting. The fact that we're not only a fully remote team, but we're uh geographically diverse team as well so that brings with it an extra layer of complexity you know with handling time zones and that and the, i'd say that probably the most popular question we would get asked on screening interviews is about how do we handle that kind of time zone we're predominantly a pst to gmt plus one studio um so that means that the majority of the team is located between those kind of two time zones from the west coast in the states right out to kind of the middle of europe eastern europe uh that's not to say we don't have team members that are further out than that uh we offer or we work off what we would call golden hours which would be 3 p.m uk to 6 p.m uk that's when you'll find you'll you would have most of your meetings or there's the most crossover amongst all the time zones and that works really well for us we also offer an employee benefits package on top of salary and we have a bonus and incentive scheme too uh, and then there's a lot of other small stuff like, you know, merch drops and that and studio closes completely over the Christmas holiday as well. So we have a ton of current opportunities. And I just realized this image is out of date because we just had another role go up uh, this morning for a technical director. Um, but we've got opportunities across all the different disciplines from art right through to like operations roles. If you want to come and work in the head office with us. We offer relocation packages as well uh, for any of the, the roles that would be based in Northern Ireland. We would offer visa support and a relocation package um, on top of that. Uh, it is a beautiful place to live and we have a very affordable cost of living. Uh, so it's not all bad at all. We are at the minute you'll see we're hiring a lot of kind of senior tech roles. We're trying to fill out the teams with a bit more knowledge to enable us to kind of bring in 
people who are closer to the start of their journey, you know, graduates and stuff like that. And internship programs is something we are planning for in the future. Uh, we don't have anything at the minute, uh, but I know, especially given the time of year and that, that there'd be a lot of graduates watching this. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media and on our website. So again, go to hypixelstudios.com forward slash jobs, check out any other rules there, or if you've got any questions about the rules, grab us in Discord. We're going to be around for the next couple hours. I probably should have said, Colin, that was me done. You can come back. <laughs> I'm a bit I'm a bit slow, but I get there eventually. Grand. <laughs> um, we'll just leave that link on screen just for a, a minute or two, just so that folk can um, explore it just now if you if you want, because yeah. uh, as Kyle says, um, the jobs have been updated um, since he put his deck together. So um, do do check those out. Um, a few questions. So the, I, I guess you're unusual in that you're you're remote first, but also have a headquarters. Mm -hmm. So what's the split of you know who's in the headquarters and how does that work in terms of working with the the rest of the team that are all over? Yeah. So our operations team is based in there. So that would include like recruitment, HR, finance department. Um, and it's kind of the brain of the organization in terms of being able to facilitate the dev team's works. We're there, you know, there are kind of players, you know. So um, there's about 10 people in the operations team at the minute. And then we're also, we've also got our QA team based in there. It's pretty small at the moment, but obviously as we kind of ramp into production and get closer to release, that will, I think, grow a lot. Um, so I would say there's probably 15 to 20 in the office and the rest are entirely remote at the minute. And we're just, okay. about, I think even the 75 will be out of date on Monday because we're at about 80 now. But So we do, we have jobs and we have roles coming all the time. So it's worth checking the website every week or two. Great stuff. That must be pretty exciting to be part of. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, you know, being here at the start and getting to see it kind of grow from the studio opening and, uh, you know, there, that's not to say there was a load of work done before I joined, but I think I joined at a really interesting time where we were just uh, moving into the studio. Not that we haven't had much of a chance to be in in the last year. We've luckily been in in the last few weeks, um, but we're pretty flexible as well. You know, I'm working from home here today. Um, so remote working is really at the core of what we do. Okay, great. Um uh, you said Hightail's done in your, your own engine, your own sandpit, if, if you like. In terms of looking for people with experience, does it then make a difference whether people have got, you know, Unity experience, Unreal experience, whatever? Everything's transferable when it comes to engines like that. Obviously, if you have experience working in bespoke engines, you know, or proprietary engines at another studio, that you're, you're just going to understand, I think, the problem set that comes along with that better than if, your experience is only in something like Unreal or Unity. But our engine is a combination of C Sharp and Java. So, you know, if you have worked in Unity, you've likely touched on some C Sharp anyway. Um, and if you're working in Unreal and C, then, you know, you're going to have be able to pick up C Sharp pretty quickly anyway. So we are interested, you know, people have skills outside of kind of roles that they've been in as well. And if you can get that across in a CV or a cover letter and, you know, we get a chat to you because you look interesting and it could work okay that actually leads on to, to one of the questions from um 
Cree and Brucey in the in the Discord, just asking what what are you know from the other side, from an art side rather than a code side, what are the what are the key elements um, in someone's application or portfolio that you'd be looking for? So it does depend on the artist role. We try and be, you know, give a bit of clarity as to what we're kind of looking for. If you're for art roles, especially if you're familiar working on kind of stylized role or on stylized art in particular, um, and you've had a look at some of our art and it's close or in that kind of same realm, that would be very attractive to us uh, for roles like VFX as well. Um, you know, our kind of stylized art or the kind of stylized stuff that like Rare does with their VFX, that would be similar to what we do. Um, so it is just kind of about trying to get that match or get across in your portfolio, which is difficult at times, you know, if you're playing for a whole load of roles across different studios and you've kind of got the skills to do a couple of different styles, it can be difficult to pull together a portfolio that's specified to one studio, you know, and getting the time to do it as well. Um, but the ability to work in that kind of stylized would be the main, the main one. Okay. Um, and what about, although you've got a whole bunch of positions there, there's almost something for everyone. What about those that there isn't something? Do you take speculative applications? How often do you update your, your vacancies? You know, how often should people check back? Yeah. So feel free to grab myself or Holly on LinkedIn. You'll find us on the Hightail page there um, or the Hypixel Studios page. Sorry, on LinkedIn, if you just search Hypixel Studios at the top um, and grab us on LinkedIn, you know, and we can have it, you know, send us a message with what you do and we can have a look because sometimes there'll be roles that are in the pipeline. Maybe, you know, we know we are looking for that kind of profile in maybe three or four weeks or a month or two. So, it's always worth, like I would always say, I came through games education in the mid 2000s and Holly laughs at me because it dates me so, so much. And I remember back then, you know, going to a lot of conferences and just at that stage when you're a graduate, it's more about getting speaking to people because you could be speaking to someone at an event like this, you know, when they hear about a job and they're like, oh, that person I was speaking to at this event, you know, could be good for that. So it is worth just speaking to people, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean the, the two bits of advice from doing dozens of these events, the two bits of advice I keep hearing are, you know, speak to people, broaden your network as much as possible with other people that are looking for jobs, with companies, with whoever it is, um, and and practice. Just practice your trade. You know, keep improving, keep working on your portfolio, keep doing game jams, all this kind of stuff. So, great, great advice. I think. Okay, Kyle, we're going to let you go and um, jump on the, the Discord. So hopefully there's a bunch of questions for you there. Um, if anyone's not already on the Discord, the link is scrolling along the bottom of the screen. In a browser, punch in discord.gamesjobs.live and that will redirect you to the right Discord server. Um, hopefully you'll get on there because you want to be on the Discord. You want to be asking Kyle and Holly questions. Um, they're there for the next hour and a half, uh, and so are all our other companies. So jump on and um, fire away, find your dream job, and get applying. Yeah. Thanks, Colin. Perfect. Great. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. Cheers. Bye. Great stuff. Okay. Oh, lots of good advice and fascinating company. Um, yeah, one of those companies I never could have predicted would have would would have even existed, let alone do so phenomenally well. So fantastic to hear from them. Um, get on the Discord, chat to them, um, and get applying. Of course, you know the the best way to get in a job is just to, to keep speaking to people, keep persisting. Um, 
and um, you'll you'll get there in the end. Um, we're running a little bit ahead of schedule, which I, I, ne I never say that. So that, this is really unusual. So let me just check that our next guest is ready to come on. Um, Max, are you okay to come on? Yeah, I think he is. Okay, let me just quickly give a quick introduction. So our next studio is one I actually knew from London when I used to work down there with Channel 4. So I was delighted when after the pandemic hit that they let me know that the, the founders realised that they could be based anywhere and they moved up to Edinburgh, where I am. But with team members elsewhere in the UK and in Europe, here's Max from Glitchers to tell us more. Hello. Max, hello there. Thank hey. you for joining us. Um, thanks for having me, Colin. So good no, to be based around the corner now, even though we're well, still it, pretty it, much it, locked in. <laughs> indeed, yeah, yeah. You, we've we've now lived in the same town for a year and never met. So um, <laughs> we will. <laughs> we'll do it. Great. Yeah, no, okay. thanks, thanks for the intro. Um, I'm ready to present if if you want me to chuck my slides up. Perfect. Yeah, I'll dive out and bring your slides in. Awesome. Just double checking there on the screen. Yep. Here we go. Um, so, hi, I'm Max from Glitches. Um, run a, a, a really sweet little studio uh, making games. And we've been fat, we founded in 2013, so we've been going eight years almost, which is exciting. Can't believe how, how fast the time's gone by. Um, we're based in Edinburgh first and foremost, but we have team members across uh, the UK and we also have a developer in Tokyo. So, we've got London, Tokyo, and Dundee <laughs> International. <laughs> Uh, we're a BAFTA-nominated studio, uh, and we're winners of a ton of awards across various projects. As you can see, there's just a few here. Honestly, like we've been very lucky um, to, to work on some incredible projects, which I'll introduce to you in a second. So the, the types of work that we do um, is split into, into two main sections. One, the stuff we do for ourselves, like our own IP, the things we really want to take wild risks on. Um, and then we also create IP with partners. So this is where we've been very fortunate in working with companies that are very often outside the game space. You can see here on the left, we've got See Hero Quest and Fofo uh, with healthcare companies. And then we've got Nestlings and Nessums with fintech company. Uh, so we kind of get to really exercise our game design skills, I guess. See Hero Quest is one of our notable projects where um, it was one of the first games really well it was the first game where anyone could help scientists fight dementia but in the sort of like world of citizen science games we're super proud to have released this um, with neuroscientists um, and and help get them a load of data they needed to uh, understand a bit more about like navigational ability uh, Nessums is a really awesome game it's kind of like a game slash utility thing um, where parents can help their kids learn about money so First and foremost, a financial literacy tool to help help uh, parents guide their kids through that kind of early stages of numbers and money development and stuff like that. Sorely lacking, I think, in a lot of uh, education. And here's something a bit different. This is Drive By. This is one of our recent releases, a cross-play party game um, between Nintendo Switch consoles and PC. You can all play in the same game. Really cool. Uh, good fun four-player four game. So, Glitcher Studio, um, the cool thing about us is we're in a very unique position to focus on games for good. 
So stuff that goes beyond entertainment. We're a very small team, uh, but in our in our small size, we're still very diverse and we are, I'm happy to say, a fully remote studio. It has worked. The pandemic hasn't slowed us down from making games. In fact, I think it's made us stronger. Um, but in that process, we've learned that, you know, making games is part of our job. We've also got to look out for each other and make sure that we prioritize the care of at the individual employees as well, because making games is a tough thing. Um, you know, the industry is has a really bad rep for things like burnout um, and it has a really bad rep for sort of all kinds of issues. And we don't want to be that company. We're making games for good. So also we want to look out for each other as well in the process of doing that. So we've come up with a really nice, flexible approach to working. We really just don't want crunch and we want to put our employees first. Like we think that if we do that, we build the best products. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of kind of self-start in glitches, which makes us really, really um, powerful and punch well above our weight. So I, I think for us, it's like a really good time to say, you know, it's a time to challenge the games industry norms and try and be a positive change for good, positive force for good in, in this space. Um, the question is, will you join us on our next groundbreaking adventure? Because we do things differently. These are some of the positions that we have on our website right now, uh, glitches.com forward slash job openings. We've got development roles, production roles, QA, art, um, 3D and 2D art. So have a look at those and see if there's something that fits. And if not, you can always reach out to us. Um, my, my personal email is max at glitches.com. Or if you want to reach the wider team, you can throw your throw yourselves into the hello at glitches email address, which will get picked up by support. Um, yeah, any questions? I'd love to answer any questions you have for us. Right, we'll see what um, see what questions come through. Um, a, a couple from from me um, initially, though, Max. Um, sure. I, other than trying to work out which billionaire space mission your footage is from there, but um, the the um, the team member you got working in Tokyo. I mean, the uh, you know Kyle from Hypixel talked about you know time difference being one of one of the the, the core considerations with remote working. Tokyo is quite a big time difference. How does that it work? Is. Um, it works because, I mean, fortunately for us, Roger is a bit of a night owl. So his um, approach to development has always been like, I want to start late in the day. And it just happens the time difference really works for him. I think it wouldn't necessarily work for everybody. But I, I, it's one of those things that we do, you know, monitor closely because I think we don't want to be in a situation where someone's just doing something because they think that's what we want. So part of, you know, being a company that's really focused on each each individual member is to talk to everyone routinely and find out what's going on, what stresses are happening, what things we can do to make their lives a bit easier. Knowing that if someone's happy, they're going to do a great job. And ultimately, we want to be building these groundbreaking products. So, yeah, it, it, it's something we definitely take into consideration. It just suits Roger. He's, he's very much a night owl, like I said. But night in Tokyo is how, it's kind of how you picture it anyway, isn't it? I mean, that's how you want to imagine it. So, fair play to <laughs> Like a neon lit cityscape, yeah. Coding yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, I, I, I mean, I know myself from my years in game development, I, you know, I always thought part of what made you a good game developer was, you know, having a passion for what you do and, and you know, enjoying what you do, enjoy playing games, enjoy making them, enjoy making fun games. 
when so many of your games have got an, an extra purpose, you know, they've got a social good and and you, you know something really tangible. I mean, you're, you're you're literally changing the world in some cases. I mean, how how much extra does that help? You know, in terms of motivation and and you know guidance of what you're wanting to do. Oh, that's an amazing question. I think building products for entertainment, not to ever poo-poo on that because entertainment is super valuable. Um, but what I love is being able to use games like the strengths of games and to try and lean on the things like people love playing games, right? And if you have a really nice nice mechanic, you don't just have to use it for the pure entertainment end goal. There can be other things that you can build into that. And if you're doing that from the start, like we we really are lucky that we you know, have been able to work with neuroscientists on Sierra Quest and work with them to design the levels so they're getting data out of the way people navigate and also being very upfront about the play to the players. You know, we're not just collecting it nefariously in the background. Um, it does make a, a, a big difference, but it is also a challenge. You know, when you have the restriction of data coming out the other end that has to be valid for scientific reasons and has to be formatted in a way that can be thrown straight into machine learning algorithms, there's this added challenge. And I really relish that opportunity to do something which isn't just do the really hard thing in the first place, make the game, but then also have that added kind of thing at the end of it, which is like, where will this go afterwards? And Sea Hero Quest has blown us away in, in, in what it's been able to achieve. Um, and it continues to achieve now. Like it's something that we continuously support with updates for researchers, even though it's no longer available on the App Store. It lives on. So it, it collected like four and a half million uh, participants' data. So it was like by far and away the biggest ever research product in dementia um, and navigation um, individually. Uh, and, and then they actually went and published the results from that and they're able to detect anom anomalies in people's navigational ability using the data from the game up to 10 years earlier. So potentially channeling people earlier into um, therapy or whatever, drug trials, or it's super cool. So there's a really positive yeah. feeling towards that. No, that's absolutely amazing. And a good question. So this isn't really job-related, but a really interesting question from... Oh, I've, I've lost the comment here. Or Corin um, Bailey in the the comment just saying um, uh, thinks is a really cool area. Do you think the pandemics increased the demand for these sorts of experiences and the and the sort of appetite for for doing doing more good? Probably, um, it's definitely delayed some of the projects we've been working <laughs> on. So there's been a negative impact, but I th I think overall. Um, and this is my opinion, right? Um, I, I think that the whole kind of digital space, the whole digital industry of games and things like that, there's been a lot of um, quotes from PlayStation and uh, like Xbox teams saying that it's accelerated the growth towards that like, digital content. And I think that more and more people coming on board to games, it means that the variety of what audience expect opens up as well. So I think that there's more audiences available for more kind of interesting niche weird things. Um, but if we can somehow couple like even super popular game mechanics and then do some kind of science to them, I think people would believe that's more possible now. Yep. Um, what have we got? Um, Mumbles is asking, um, can they apply for two different positions at the same time that they think they're eligible for? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Yeah, 
do it. Great. Um, and then more generally, um, Pumpkin was asking just your general advice on what, what's the best way to, to make an application stand out for you? The first thing I do is look at the portfolio. So let's say you applied for the 3D art job. I will probably skim read the, this sounds bad. I'll skim read the text. If it's too long, I'll definitely skim read it. Um, just look for a few key things. Like I'm looking for keywords, like any experience that you've got in you know, big studios or um, projects that have come to completion. I'm mainly just going to jump to the portfolio and look straight through that and get a vibe off that if I like it. Um, I hope that helps. <laughs> Keep it short and sweet and just put the best stuff at the top. Yep. Well, and only good stuff. Don't 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 stuff it with all your things. You know, be selective. Yeah. You know, as well. I would say. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's let's pick one one final question. Um, uh, are you you've got a Unity developer role? Are you looking for a certain amount of experience for that? Are you open to any level? I think yes, we are looking for a certain level of experience. If you are very um, new to the world of game development um, on the coding side, I think still apply um, because, you know, sometimes people just have that certain magic that, you know, they're just going to pick up stuff super quick. And I'm, we're not adverse to that um, position. I really, really think that we should be spreading the net as wide and far as possible to find talent. And talent doesn't come in the same shapes and sizes every time. It's not uh necessarily very clear from the outset especially if you're applying for a job like what the parameters are i try and you'll see on the job listings not to put too much information because i that means i want as many applicants as possible because this i can't i don't want to turn someone off from applying if they don't fulfill one bullet point you know um so i really only try to keep the core things there for unity um having shit products under your belt is a real plus and working as part of a team that has shipped products in a commercial capacity is a real plus. But those things can also be learned, like someone's always started from somewhere. Um, you know, there's a potential that we may have the capacity to help someone um, start that journey. Perfect. Okay, Max, that's been really interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're on the, the Discord and a colleague of yours as well, am I right? Yeah, that's true. Um, Colin, before I go, um, I would just like to tell you what this animation is in front of you. Uh, I was meant to tell you at the end of the uh, the talk. This is just um, the Sea Hero Quest VR project um, being tested in low gravity. So VR headset on someone going through low gravity. And the objective was to see if there was any, um, any effect on navigation um, they wanted to expand the study into actual space. They wanted to see if there's any effect on navigation in low gravity. So that's the reason that was there. But it's super cool seeing your headset in low gravity. Anyway, <laughs> just one of the weird things that happens with Sea Hero Quest. There's loads. Absolutely. That's amazing. Very cool. Very cool. Great stuff. Okay, Max, thank you for joining us. Um, please do follow up. There's, there's various questions I've not been able to ask, but I know everyone's got loads more questions. So get on to the Glitchers channel on the Discord. If you're not already on, the address is discord.gamesjobs.live. Punch that in a browser. It will redirect you to the Discord server. Get on there. 
and fire away the, the glitches channels with all your your other questions um and then if you if you think a job's a good fit for you get applying and um whether you end up in edinburgh or not um, you get to work on some amazing projects like that how good how good did that be awesome thanks colin max thanks very much for joining us cheers bye okay well we're back on track that is great it's almost like it was planned so our next company um both develop and publish a string of successful mobile games covering a range of genres ips and most recently getting gordon ramsay into a game so great to be able to introduce outplay entertainment's technical lead angelo leggio Hello, everybody. Hi. Hey, hey, Angelo. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Not at all. I will just hand over to you. Okay, good. All right. So I'm here as the technical lead of the backend tech team uh, Outplay. So I will be giving you a little tour of what we do in the company, what the company does, what we do in the company, what we are looking for. So to uh, to start, I would like to say, as I am specifically working in the backend tech team, so this presentation will be geared toward the backend tech side of things. So it's not about the clients and and uh, you know front end work. Um, it's it's more about what happens behind the scenes. Let's say. So <clears throat> I have a little presentation that uh, I will share. Yeah. So the. Outplay has been a um, game developer for almost 10 years, and we develop um, <clears throat> games for mobile uh, apps. And we, the, the company has been developing a lot of different games over the years. This, this year, uh, two titles came out. One is, as uh, Colin mentioned, uh, with Gordon Ramsay is featured in the game, and he's um, like talking and he will judge you, uh, no mistakes. And we have a lot of different other games uh, that you can download and play and they uh, have different styles and types. Now, all of them rely on a backend tech uh, kind of um, side of things, which is pretty uh, solid. Uh, I just skipped the index. So today, apart from talking about the games, I will talk about what we do in Outplay and our kind of a bit, a very brief overview of what we do every day and what are we looking in terms of positions and a little info about the review process, the interview process. So how does that work? As you can see, we have like the player is at the top, then we have the game UI, the some libraries. So this middle box is what happens in the in the client. So what happens in the device and what people downloads. But then everything is backed up by our backend tech uh, architecture. So what we deal with from the, the back is player profiles and scores, inventory, the live ops, which are the events that happen from time to time and that allow players to join some special competitive collaborative and one shot and all types of special things that go on in the game we also handle like um charts and clans so all the social part of the games and there's a lot of analytics going on of course to support uh sales and, and marketing and all of that 
So everything is handled in a cloud microservice architecture. So we have everything in AWS and all those services together provide all these features that I mentioned and they tie and communicate with all the different clients and the different games. So what we do every day as a backend tech team, of course, we have all the work around delivering the features. So of course we have, to, we get requirements, we discuss them, we estimate, we plan, and we do all our implementation and we test. And then we also take care of the operations. So we are responsible for DevOps, DevOps and that like, you know, the architecture is still working, whatever happens and whatever the life tries, uh, throws at us, we make sure that things are kind of keeping together so we have an agile approach at working. It's kind of Scrum-based and we do the ceremonies and all of that, but modern software engineering practices and we care a lot about quality and sustainability, maintainability, all of that things. So what are we looking for? So we are currently looking for two positions. So we have a senior engineer uh, position and a mid-level engineer. Um, we are looking for people who have relevant commercial experience in AWS. So we are very busy, there's a lot going on. And so we are hoping to find people who has a, a lot of experience on AWS or at least different degrees of experience on the AWS, specifically what support microservices, architectures so lambdas, uh, all different types of databases, and the, the DevOps practices, pipelines, and all of that. So we are very hands-on. We work on a lot of different features and we want to be, uh, we are looking for people who can join us and, and all the fun. Uh, we care, as I said, I mentioned before, we care about quality and we want people who can add their knowledge and experience. But of course, we are very happy to teach and help help people grow on all the different aspects of software engineering. The interview process is pretty standard. We have an informal chat at the beginning. If that goes well, we forward the practical test or we do a practical test together in a uh, live interview. Then there's a meeting that is more like in theory, more a theory test uh, with the backend tech team members and culture fit as well. And then the final meeting with possibly some managers and the department, tech department leads and, and people uh, of that level uh, so that to close off uh, the interview process. So yeah, I shot, shot a lot of different information and, uh, and details. Uh, feel free to ask any question. We are listening on the Discord channel. We are very happy to help people understand exactly what we do, what we look for, and uh, we are eager to find uh, people that want to join us in this amazing journey that is working at Outplay. So Colin, this is all from me in terms of the presentation. Um, I think we can close it um, and I'm open to questions. Okay, okay great, great. great stuff. Great stuff. Um, you're 
bits of your deck were probably too technical for me to ask questions about. But the the, the, the one the one um, I did do a programming degree, but I've forgotten it all. It's a long time ago now, as you can as you can tell. Um, the, the 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 one question I mean, in terms of AWS experience. I mean, are you looking yeah. for people that have got that in games specifically, or you know, can it be it from anywhere? Very very good question. So as we are on the you know backend side of things it's it's good to note that we don't actually require people who have already a lot of experience in games actually we don't need that specifically we are actually looking more for technical experience in aws in any context because then we can fill in the gaps and help people get on board with the specific knowledge of the game but that is not relevant uh, it's not like a, a prerequisite for us to hire Okay, and then um, I, I thought it was great getting insight into your your interview process. Where, where you where you had to meet the meet the team was was that just a massive interview? Well, no. Well, usually <laughs> it's like two to three people, so it's not the whole team. Uh, we just identify like in the team we have people that are more focused on front end, more and other that are more focused on backends like server work inside the backend tech team. So we try to pick someone for each uh, department that might be like myself again, uh, depending. And so two to three people just to have more people like, you know, uh, have an impression and also give the opportunity to the candidate to get a, you know, more uh, varied impression of what the team is. Absolutely. Yeah. See if you can scare them off. <laughs> no, that's not the point. Yes. Um, uh, the, the questions that are coming through in the Discord, I think, are from people that, that probably don't um, don't have the experience you're looking for. But obviously, hopefully, you know, one day they they, they, they might or they might fit something else out play. So, I mean, in terms of um, you know speculative app applications, is there anything in particular you would be looking for that you know that would help a speculative application stand out? Right. So um, at the moment, we are pretty interested in, in people who have experience, all right? So that is our main focus right now. But since we are looking for more than one person, should we uh, be able to cover maybe a good, strong candidate? Um, we might be more flexible on the other. So I would say, first of all, uh, like you can apply if you think uh, you are, your, your studies or your experience is anyway in the right direction. And uh, that, but having cloud, related experience is is what matters the most to us so in my in that case it might not be necessarily aws uh, but um for the moment having some type of cloud exposure is really important to us yep um okay and again this this wouldn't be relevant for now but uh we've got foxy spirit asking um you know, and this is a general outplay question, you know, it, it, is, is there capacity for people to take a job while they're still studying, you know, work part-time while they're still studying part-time as well? Right. Uh, well, I can answer from the point of view of what I am looking for. And in my case, it would be a no, uh, but I wouldn't exclude the maybe other departments. So if you check on the outplay careers page, there are other open positions. So there might be a case for that, um, but I don't specifically know. So that's a good question to ask maybe, um, like, you know, if you apply, you can 
review like uh, we will review that and, and give you an answer well and i know you've you, you've got colleagues from hr on the discord so it's yeah. the perfect perfect question to, <laughs> to ask them i know anna's on the discord so ask yeah <laughs> ask Very her cool. um Okay, um, I, I think that's, that's it. Um, I can't, th I, my technical knowledge isn't letting me come up with any more, more questions. I, I want to come up with something to try and trip you up on the, the technical architecture of something, but it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> or, or, if, or if I can do that, then it's worrying. So. <laughs> Okay. Um, no, that's that's been great. Thank you for coming on. Um, and as um, as you said, obviously you've highlighted the two positions you've got today. But Outplay have a bunch of other positions. Um, so find out more about them in the Discord. There will be an email go out in about forty minutes that has links to all the companies uh, from today um, to their websites. And there you can browse all the positions they've got, whether it's an Angelo's team or, or elsewhere in Outplay. So do do just have a browse through them. Um, and even if you don't end up getting to work for Angelo, you'll maybe get to work with them um, in, a, in another department of Outplay. You never know. Yeah. Good luck to everybody anyway. Brilliant. Angelo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Colin, for having Cheers. Me. Bye. Okay, great stuff. As a, a final reminder, if you're not on the Discord, you want to get on. We always get people jumping into the, the, the YouTube halfway through. Um, we um, The studios and, and we can't pick up questions from the YouTube chat. So if you want to get anything to us, a question to put to the companies on the live stream, or you want to ask the companies directly, you've got to be on the Discord. Discord is discord.gamesjobs.live. Put that into a browser and it will redirect you to the um, the Games Jobs Live Discord server. Get on there. If you've got a question for any of our next couple of speakers, put them in the live stream questions channel. And if you've got questions for Angelo uh, Outplay or any of the other companies that have been or are about to be, put them in their own dedicated companies channel and someone there will, will get back to you. Um, but moving on, we have a team developing the loveliest game, which they describe as a gentle puzzle exploration game set in a world that couldn't be happier to see you. From Puny Astronaut, here's Kian. Hello. Kian. How's it going? Very good. What a lovely quote. We're looking Thank forward you. to seeing more. Meantime, yeah, me too. I'll, I'll leave it over to you so that we can hear more from you. Thank you very much. I will queue up my presentation. Um, and hopefully that's up. Cool, good stuff. Okay, hello, I'm Kian. I'm the MD at Puny Astronaut. Um, I have two positions uh, to talk about today. Um, but first, um, to give you a quick overview of us at the studio. Um, if it'll work, there we go. So we are originally a student team. Um, the kind of founding members met at Abitay University decades ago, it seems like now. And um, we were developing a game for Dare to be Digital at the time. And as Colin well knows, um, the game that we were developing won the Channel 4 Prize um, during Dare to be Digital. Uh, and basically the rest is history. Um, so since that point, we kind of received a bit of funding to keep working on the game um, that we were developing at that stage. And improve on it and make it kind of bigger and better. 
Um, and then um, as we were kind of developing it further, um, we received um, basically a second round of investment and a partnership with 4J Studios. So for those of you who might not know, 4J Studios worked uh, were the developers for the console edition of Minecraft. And they're also based up, up here in Dundee with us. And uh, they were able to kind of give us the uh, the runway that we needed to, to take Sky Tales from a a nice kind of student game to a a really um, ambitious and exciting and bigger um, cool like indie game, um, and that's what we've been working on um, for the last few years. A team has grown quite a lot since university. Um, we've more than doubled now. Um, and all of that uh, time and hard work has poured into Sky Tales. Sky Tales, as Colin said, it's a puzzle exploration game set in a world that couldn't be happier to see. You play as Sky, the friendly dragon, and you're flying around these charming, indulgent environments, um, solving puzzles, helping the, the denizens of the world, uh, and discovering all the secrets that there are to find. Um, so if that sounds like something that you'd like to, to help us uh, finish up and, and keep working on, uh, and we sound like a team that you'd, you'd like to join, great. Um, here's a little bit more information about the couple of positions that we have available. So the game program position that we have um, is a mid-level position. Um, so we are looking ideally for someone who has professional experience in the role. Um, console experience is a bonus. It's not necessarily essential. Um, but we are developing SkyTales for consoles. Um, at the moment, our kind of focus is on Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo Switch is even a, a further bonus than just kind of any console experience. Um, we are developing SkyTales in Unreal Engine. So not only is Unreal Engine experience essential, but a kind of a strong understanding and kind of mastery really of Unreal Engine is, is essential for this position. We are looking for someone that can kind of dive straight in and um, help us um, you know, tackle a lot of our kind of gameplay related um, you know, features and um, any issues that we might have in kind of um, making sure that they are as good as they possibly can be. With regard to the working arrangement, so as, listed, as is listed on our website, for the right candidates, um, this can be a fully remote position. Effectively, essentially, we're looking for someone um, that would be able to kind of uh, completely manage their own time. You know, has had um, plenty of experience um, working remotely, um, and would be bringing like a, quite a high level of skill um, to the position. Um, for anyone that wouldn't necessarily meet those quite high requirements, um, we would be wanting someone that could work with us um, in the studio eventually. So obviously we're all working remotely at the moment, um, but next year, once we all um, have ex you know, would expect to have returned to the studio, we would like that person to join us in the studio um, if they're not this you know, quite um, quite experienced uh, programmer in that position. Um, all the information for both of these positions, by the way, is up on our website, puniastronaut.com, and I'll be around in the Discord to answer questions after this. The other position that we have open is social media manager. So our social media page is in dire need of someone that can kind of give it a lot of um, TLC, um, that can look after it um, on a very regular basis. It's a part-time position. 
um, there may be an error on the website listing. It may say full-time now that I think about it, but it is a part-time position to begin with. This person would have full responsibility for our social media channels. Um, so everything will be down to you, um, you know, all of our strategy, um, either to kind of the day-to-day -day management of those channels would be all down to this person. Um, previous professional experience strongly desired. We would like someone that has, been, that has done this before, um, that has experience in the position um, in a professional capacity. Um, they must be able to process and generate human promotional materials as well. So obviously kind of using our game as the, you know, the well of, of all of our content. Um, and we have a lot of content um, already um, that's ready to go out, but this person will need to be able to um, you know, produce their own um, video clips, GIFs, screenshots, um, you know, any other promotional materials needed for, for social media campaigns. Um, this person will need to, to be able to handle all that themselves. Um, Again, like the programming position that we have, it is a remote position to begin with. Um, and again, for the right candidate, this could remain a remote position. Um, but we we really value having people in the office and, and being able to kind of work um, next to one another and kind of bounce um, creatively off one another. Um, so as I say, I'm, I'm yeah, this is a remote position. This is being advertised as a remote position. But um, for the right candidate, we would love for you to be able to keep an open mind to um, as to kind of joining us in the studio at a later date. Um, and we, you know, we would like that to be um, a kind of viable option for, for applicants. Um, so happy for, happy for that to be something that we discuss at the time, but definitely something to keep in mind um, once you give us your application. Um, hopefully I'm not going on too long, Colin. Um, but that's pretty much me at this stage. Um, so that's my contact information there. Um, as I say, I'll be on the, the Discord as well um, if you need to um, throw me any quick questions on that side. So thank you very much. Brilliant, thank you. Um, do, do you want to just leave your, your contact details up there? For, um, we'll just leave that up for a, a, a minute um, just so that folk can get in touch. Um, oh, phone number as well, that's brave. Yeah, this is a, this may be like a, a slightly kind of repurposed presentation. Feel free, I guess, to to use my phone number, but maybe stick to the to yeah. the email. No, don't 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 use the phone number. Just just email Kian. Um, uh, however, even if you are looking for a fully remote um, role, I um, I'm a I'm a Dundee boy myself. Dundee is an amazing city. Um, if you're going to think about moving anywhere, um, it's a very good option. So. Um, well worth having a look at that. Um, and a lovely office as well, which you, you've probably barely been in. Um, I, I think it's a horrible thought, but I think we may have spent more time out of the office than we spent in the office now. Um, I'd have to kind of check my dates on that. But yeah, we've we've no, not spent anywhere near as much time as we'd have liked to have spent in this uh, brand new office that we're very, very lucky to, to have. Um, yeah, and you yeah. can see the you can see the water there in the in the in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cracking cracking setting. According to the kind of the um, current concepts for the the Eden project, which was announced out for Dundee, that's supposed to be something like a big kind of spire in the middle of the water there. So we'll have um, a cool view of, of part of the Eden, Eden project eventually as well. Absolutely, great stuff. And, and then, uh, I mean, probably a good question for you because puny astronauts not. 
I mean, I know you said it feels feels like a, a long time, but it's not actually been around for for that long. It's four years or something, I guess, as a company. But you've yep. so you've you've gone through, um, you, you know, starting a company and growing a company is always, um, you, you know, you learn so much. But then yeah. to go through a massive transition of of a pandemic as well and move mm-hmm. from in office working to remote working is another massive transition. I mean, what? What's been the sort of pros and cons for 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 you of both? Well, I think it probably goes without saying, but um, communication is is the the biggest um, hurdle for us, and it's it's kind of something that we're constantly trying to um, correct against. Almost, you know, we're constantly trying to encourage as much um, like porous communication as possible. Um, it's so difficult when you're kind of used to being in in the same room with everyone. Uh, when you kind of talk out loud or you have a conversation between two people, you know, people around you are going to hear what you're saying. Um, the same obviously isn't true when you're working remotely, when you're kind of in your own spaces. Um, yeah, there are definitely kind of upsides to working remotely. Um, you know, having having that, that bit more time, I think, in your own space is great. But um, I think so many of us really miss that kind of creative energy that, that you get from, from working in an office. Um, but I think thanks to you know, us adapting to this, you know, thanks to the kind of over a year now that we spent doing this, um, that's why we are able to kind of consider um, a flexible approach to um, working arrangements for new candidates. Um, you know, it's why we're happy to kind of talk about um, potentially permanently uh, remote position um, for candidates for these positions. Okay, great stuff. Um, uh, we've got Martin in the Discord just asking about the, the experience you're looking for. Is that um, blueprints or code? Um, ideally both. Um, ideally, you'd, you'd have a, you know, a good foundation in C++ um, and be very, very comfortable with blueprints. Um, I am going to be very careful on what I'm saying because I'm not a programmer. Um, but um, certainly, kind of a lot of the focus for the gameplay programming job day to day is in blueprints, um, but there are um, you know, occasions where you'll need to um, basically rewrite uh, a system in C++, and we need to know that whoever's in this position is going to be able to do that and is going to be comfortable doing that. Okay, great. Um, and then a more general question: I mean, what, what is there any sort of red flags that you come up in, in an application? If someone sends something, you know, is there something that's just an absolute no? Don't put that in an application that you could you would recommend people avoid doing. Uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think if there's anything off the top of my head that comes to mind without sounding mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, my advice would be when you when you're sending an application, um, a cover letter, like even like a really short cover letter, is always appreciated. Candidates that send nothing but a CV and then you know not even you know, much substance in the kind of the email that comes with the CV, that would be a bit of a red flag for me. Um, yeah, we are yeah we're still a small indie studio. Um, get on with ability is a big thing for us. Um, so getting across a bit of a sense of who you are, and what your personality is like. Um, through your cover letter or through your email introduction um, will really go a long way into kind of helping us, you know, see how you're going to fit into the team. That, yeah, that's because, I mean, it's a common question, you know, to, to cover letter or not. Um, and there's always a range of, of answers. Is is your idea of not having one being a red flag, the fact that, you know, it deprives you of information, you're not getting a sense about the person's personality, or is it more indicative of, 
somebody not caring enough and just firing off thousands of applications? Well, I'd, I'd say it's probably a, a little bit of both, but um, it really is the case for us that um, the the person that we're hiring, you, the the kind of personality that's joining the team, that is almost as important as the skills that they're bringing, bringing to the team. Um, you know, we really need kind of everyone to be um, you know, synchronizing quite well and, and communicating effectively. And if we're not able to get a sense that you are you know, a good communicator and you're um, open and you're kind of like ready to, to join the team and be kind of a even a reasonably vocal member of the team, um, then that would just be kind of a point of concern for me. Um, you know, if I was able to dig a bit further and kind of find, you know, a uh, you know personal website that kind of um, had like an about me section and gave you a little bit more information, then that would kind of um, offset that anxiety that I might have if you didn't include any of that information in your application. But um, as I say, even you know, a couple of paragraphs just about what excited you about um, the position that we're offering and um, you know, why you think you'd be a good fit for the team. Um, that's all that we're, that we're looking for, really. And mentioning you like dragons and exploration games and stuff like that probably helps. It's all a plus. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, yeah flattery is, as well. Um, you know, it's, it's always uh, a good strategy. Um, yeah, just you know, really anything that kind of gives, gives us a bit of flavor of who, of who you are, really. Perfect. Okay, Kian, that's been great. Thanks very much for taking the time to join us this afternoon. Um, you're on the Discord. I am. Yep, I'm there at the moment. So yeah, I'll be around for, for quite a while to answer questions. Brilliant. Um, just to bore everyone silly, if you're not already on, get on the Discord. It's discord.gamesjobs. Uh, sorry, I'll repeat that again so I make sure I get it right. Discord.gamesjobs.live. If you punch that into a browser, it should redirect you. Get on there ask Kian about the puny positions, ask all the other companies um, about their positions. Um, and if you like what you see, follow up. There will be an email go out in um, about 20 minutes time with links to all the, the companies. So just ping them um, uh, the uh, applications um, with a cover letter to puny astronaut um, for the jobs you think you're well suited for. And we're hoping to see people in, in, in jobs. So Kian, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Colin. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Great stuff. Okay. Um, and finally, we'll move straight on. We have a company that focuses on doing game content for existing games. They develop and publish ridiculously highly detailed train routes for the train sim world games on PC and console. So if you're in at trains, you'll definitely want to pay attention. Um, so here to talk to us today is the CEO of Rivet Games, Tim Gatland. Hi, Colin. Hey, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. How's Not things? at all. It's, uh, very good. It's on time. This is very unusual, so I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Um, uh, and to keep it that way, I'll leave everyone in your capable hands. Great. Thanks. Um, this is a little bit of a strange session for me. Uh, this is not me talking about jobs that we're recruiting for right now. This is a bit of a coming soon session. Um, but when Colin mentioned that he was having the event today, it was just too good an opportunity not for me to talk about what we're trying to do. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about an initiative that we're involved in 
that may be relevant to quite a lot of you. So it's a chance to talk about that as well. So what I'll do is talk a little bit about Rivet. I'm then going to talk about a program called Kickstart, the roles we're going to be looking for, and what we'll be doing next. So Rivet Games. Uh, we are based in Scotland, but like most of the other people uh, that have been talking today, we are scattered to the winds. We haven't met together as a company since March last year. Our base is where I am at the moment in Stirling. There's nobody else here, um, but we are very open to flexible working for the right candidates and the right roles, uh, even uh, once we all uh, are not bound by the same restrictions. We were established in 2019. Uh, we have about 22 people at the moment. And as Colin said, everything we do is train simulation. So we model trains, we create routes for people to drive those model trains down. And some of the things that we've done recently, uh, we modeled um, a very spectacularly beautiful area of Switzerland called the Arosa Line. Um, we then followed that by modeling Glasgow, which um, was a different type of beauty, was beautiful, but different type. Um, and then last year we modeled famously the, um, the Isle of Wight train line, which is all of about eight miles long. And we've got a great reaction to it, except for some people thought we should make it a bit longer. Unfortunately, you get rather wet if you go more than about eight miles along this line. We work with a partner company called Dovetail Games, uh, who are one of the leading suppliers of train, simula uh, train simulators. This is all for entertainment, by the way. We're not into serious gaming. Um, this is people that want to be train drivers, but never will. Um, we actually formed when Dovetail um, closed down their office in Stirling, so we inherited some people who also have a background at Dovetail Games. And the key product we work with is a thing called Train Sim World, and that is built on UE4. So for some of our more technical roles, we do look for people with a bit of UE4 experience as well. So the roles we're talking about. The government announced a scheme last year, which is called the Kickstart Scheme. And this is about creating opportunities and new jobs, not replacing existing jobs, not the existing jobs we have. Um, this is new jobs for 16 to 24-year-olds. The government actually provide a chunk of funding for six months um, for the first 25 hours a week. And what this has allowed us to do is to think about creating some jobs that we otherwise probably wouldn't have done for at least a couple of years. So it's actually bringing forward some of the roles that we thought, yeah, maybe we'd like that role. Now let's try and see if we can bring that forward. It's all about giving unemployed people their first step on a career ladder or people who have been unemployed a while, a way of getting back into things. So that's what this is all about. Unfortunately, if you're over 24, if you've currently got a job, we are not in the UK. Please go and watch Netflix. This doesn't. This this is not for you. Um, the, the the positions can also uh, get training and other development support. So it's not just about what you do with us as a job. It's also about where you might be trying to take your career. Um, and the scheme, although it's a government scheme. For our industry, it's managed by one of our trade bodies, UKI, 
and also a charity called Into Games. Um, for any of you that don't know, go off and look at their website, um, Into Games. Uh, they are a charity all about getting people into our industry. Um, I would recommend having a quick look at the government website. So if you just type in gov.uk and then search Kickstart, you'll see a lot about this scheme. And then both Yuki and Into Games um, are other resources you can look at. Thank you, Colin. You've done magic. I put up the prompt there. Um, so the roles we're looking for, as I said, we're not actually looking for replacement roles. So some of the roles we're looking for are things that we never hired for before. And so we're actually pretty flexible about the sorts of skills that people might bring, bring the sort of training that they've had. And we are really open to people who are coming straight from university or perhaps only with a little bit of experience or people that are trying to move into something new. We've identified four roles. Um, one is the classic testing role, but we're looking for a tester that's kind of a train nut tester. So when you're testing a train in our sim, you kind of need to have actually learned some of the, uh, how do you drive one of these things, what the signal means and so on. We're looking for an audio engineer. Um, to date, we've always outsourced uh, our audio. Um, we've got audio engineers in. And what we really want to explore is whether that would make more sense to have somebody who is really part of our team doing that work. So, so as we are trying to model animations of trains, um, the controls, the power, and so on, would it make more sense to have those guys closely working with our programmers rather than something we do towards the end of the project of throwing the thing out and saying, hey, audio engineer, please do this. Another role that we're thinking about is a games producer sorry, an assistant games producer. We have a couple of guys that do our uh, production, um, Laura and Lee, and we're thinking about would it make sense for them to have people helping them, learning a little bit about what we do. And the final job is actually a design job. We've never had um, a sort of game design person that's always been done by the people in the company. And we're actually looking about whether or not we should make that a discrete role. So those are the four jobs. We always advertise our current roles on our um, website, uh, rivet-games.com, and they're not there yet because we are still just going through the sort of final stages of the process to be part of the Kickstart scheme. And when we've got through that, we will probably do the um, interviewing and sort of throwing these jobs out in two chunks. So we'll pick two of the roles and we'll do those in the next couple of weeks and the other two probably after the end of the summer. So key thing, how to get, get involved here. Please wait until the jobs are on the website. We will have a discrete email address to apply for these jobs um, instead of our normal careers one. If you're watching this you've got experience, you wouldn't otherwise uh, qualify for um, the kickstart scheme, but you think you need to send us your CV because you're a massive train nut or you've got experience working in simulation. Um, our normal um, email address is careers at uh, rivetgames.com. Please just send us um, your details there and we'll have a look at those. I should say that the kickstart roles, the government only supports them for six months. 
So we're not putting these out as six months, we're trying something, we're going to throw it away. Um, we are hoping that by experimenting with these roles, there will be permanent jobs that follow, but we don't know that. So there will be, they will be six month contracts, um, but we are hoping and expecting them to turn into permanent jobs. That's it, just to summarize, we're a train sim company. If that's not what you're into, don't get involved. This doesn't, doesn't make any sense. If you, know, if you wanna make uh, Mario S games, that's not us. We're all about modeling the world in a very, very high degree of accuracy, modeling trains that perform the way real trains work. These are experimental positions for us, and that's why the Kickstart scheme is so great. It gives us an opportunity to bring fresh talent in. We love that. The roles will be on our website, along with all of our other roles, rivetgames.com. So please keep an eye on that. Uh, and I'd also recommend uh, having a look at uh, Kickstart up on both gov.uk and also uh, Yuki and uh, the Into Games. Colin, what have I forgotten? I think that's about covered covered most of it. Yeah, I mean, just just to stress, the the Kickstarter scheme is only even though these are, are, are remote jobs, and I think a lot of the um, the Kickstarter jobs, um, I, 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 and I think there's 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 a hundred plus jobs going, um, even though they're all remote, pretty much, they're all for candidates that are in that that are in the UK. This is a UK government scheme, isn't it? So, um, fully remote, but remote within the UK. Um, uh, someone's asking, am I eligible for Kickstarter if I'm a UK graduate from the EU? I'm not sure. You'll need to check the, <laughs> need to check the Kickstarter page, I'm afraid. Yeah, um, go to, go to gov.uk and have a look at that. The actual technical requirement is that you are currently out of work as well. There is a bit of flexibility about this. It's like if you're just finishing a course and would be, so there is a residence requirement, a residency requirement. I'm, I don't make these rules, unfortunately. Uh, one question from Amy in the Discord, um, just asking what exactly you mean by a game designer, because quite rightly they're saying that the, the you know the, the terms meaning varies. You know, it's it's probably one of the the, the broadest game titles in the industry. Yeah. Oh well, I love that. That's actually a question I hadn't really thought about. I love that one. So, um, in the simulation world. What is a game is a really, really good question. So the, the design part, we, we gen, generally call it scenario design. What that means is how do you challenge people? So what are the challenges about the simulation of operating a train? And so, you know, in some cases it can be the weather's bad. Can you design a timetable that actually makes it very, very hard to drive the train to the timetable with very poor conditions where the visibility may be down the track will be slippery so the train performs differently there may be more people less people at the stations people may take longer to get on and off the trains and so on so this is all about creating interesting experiences within the confines of a realistic train simulator it's not about designing oh a dragon's just landed on the tracks how are you going to put out its fire or something like that we are real world we sometimes do have, oh, a tree's fallen on the tracks. You know, how are you going to deal with that and what are you going to do? But it's much more about getting the most out of the system. So it's it's a systems management task that our players love. 
there's been a couple of questions around um, being a train nut, essentially. Um, uh, you know, people saying, well, I'm not, I, I, I like, I like trains. I've got an interest in trains. My nephew's really into trains. I'd be quite happy working on trains, but I wouldn't describe myself as a train nut. Now, and funnily enough, I've been working on train simulator in various roles, shapes and sizes for about 15 years. And I don't regard myself as a train nut either, but you have to like mechanical things. You know, I actually regard myself as more of a flying nut than a train nut. Um, you have to like the accuracy. You have to like vehicles or something like vehicles. You have to like the organization and the ordering. And, and, you know, I'll use flight sim as an example. If you're a flight sim fan, well, you'll appreciate what air traffic control do. Well, signals do the same thing. They're all about stopping planes hitting each other or stopping trains hitting each other. It's understanding and liking those kind of systems. So do you need to, you know, know the difference between a class 150 Mark A, Mark B? No, you don't. But do that people care about that in the same way that, you know, when I ask people what's their favorite car, you don't just say a Porsche, you say a Porsche 911, 1990, or, or whatever it is you like, you know. It's understanding and having an affinity for people and our customers who really, really care about this stuff. They really care about, were these the right liveries for that era? Were these the trains that operated in that area, in that era? Absolutely, yeah. And I've heard other companies, you know, Traveller's Tales and stuff that worked on all the the Lego licenses and Harry Potter and Star Wars. I mean, they, they talk about, you know, people people need to have a, I mean, it doesn't even need to be a love, I think, just an appreciation, because yep. otherwise you're you're not going to convey that into what you're you're making. And, and fans pick up on it in an instant, don't they? And, uh, yeah, that is what our customers, that is our, our customers are those people. And we really respect them. Um, not everybody does. We really do. They, they they love their world. You know, there are no, there's no such thing as a train fan. You either love steam trains, diesel trains, or electric trains. You love British trains, American trains, German trains. They're, they're all different. You have trains from different areas. So yeah, we um, we really respect that, and you you need to understand. You need to understand that and learn to love it too. Great. Okay, Tim, that's been that's been really interesting. Thank you very much for joining us. You're on the what, Discord. What, I am on Discord. Uh, Kevin was helping me earlier. He's had to go off and believe it or not, go boxing. Um, I would say the Kickstart scheme, we're not, you know, there are lots of companies are using this. And so I do see this as a great opportunity for people in the UK. So please, please, please check it out. And, and even if Rivet aren't right for you, there may be another company that can use that scheme and help you on that scheme. And if you talk to people and they're unaware of it, talk to companies. Give them a kick and tell them to go and look at it because it's it's a great way and we, we see it as a fantastic encouragement for new talent coming into our industry and we always 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 need that good advice great i was i'm sorry i wasn't meant to be plugging kickstart i apologize <laughs> it, into games will be over the moon um so you're doing their, your, their job for them great tim thanks very much for joining us cheers Okay, that brings us to the end of today's event, I'm afraid, but we've had a ton of great advice. We've heard about a lot of different um, studios and ways of working and, um, you know, 
games for train fans, games for social good, games on mobile, games on console, the whole, the whole spectrum. Um, so an amazing array of opportunities today. Um, you've still got the companies on the Discord for half an hour. So make sure you're on the Discord. Get the most out of them because after after this half an hour passes, they're gone. They, they need to go for their dinner and then back to back to the um, back to the, the day job after that. Um, the buck then passes over to you to get applying for the jobs. So chat to them, get applying. There is an email go now any minute now that's got direct links to all the companies. Um, so take a look at that, follow up with the, the, the ones you fancy. Um, and it just remains for me to say thank you, everyone, for joining us. I um, hope this has been interesting and useful. We do have other events coming, so do check out everything we've got up on the Games Jobs Live website, which is www.gamesjobs.live. Um, up there, in particular, you'll find details of our next event, which is an Unreal Jobs-focused event. So any, any discipline, but just uh, working in Unreal. That's on Wednesday, the 11th of August. So if you go to our website, you'll you'll get the sign-up details there. That one's also free to come along to. But also on our website, as I mentioned before, you'll get the interactive map where you can explore over 2,000 jobs across the UK. You'll get the jobs report. You'll get the, the region breakdowns, loads of information. So do, do check that out. Um, and best of luck in your, your job searches. Um, we've also got a, a game jam that um, is just in its final stages, but if anyone's interested, we've got the award ceremony of the game jam happening this Sunday. It'll be on this channel, the, um, the Games Jobs Live YouTube channel, this Sunday, the 1st of August at 7pm UK time. So feel free to check that out, where we'll be finding out who the, the winners of the, the game jam were. We had over 115 games uh, this time, so it will be an amazing uh, selection of qualities. It will be interesting to see who's won. Um, and uh, if you're interested in taking part in future ones, again, stay tuned for, for news. But meantime, get chatting to the companies, get applying for jobs. Best of luck, everyone, and thanks for joining. Goodbye.